0: clap our hands stand to our feet and bless the lord in this place this morning is he worthy glory 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 praise god praise god amen let's go to the book of psalms chapter 114 amen so good to see all of you in the house of the lord this morning welcome you in jesus name welcome all joining us online thank you for tuning in we're so glad that you have decided to join us today. Glad to have Sister Cynthia here. Amen. From Oxford, Mississippi, yes. she wins a prize for coming the furthest to church. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I don't know what the prize is yet, but I'll figure it out. Amen. Psalm one fourteen, and beginning of verse one: When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language. Judah was his sanctuary, and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled, Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams, and the little hills like lambs. What ailed thee, O thou sea that thou fleddest, thou Jordan, that thou wast driven back? Ye mountains that ye skipped like rams, and ye little hills like lambs. Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters." And just for a little bit this morning in our first half, I want to uh, minister under this title, Divine Deliverance. Praise God. Let's pray together. Father, let the written word preach the living word today, God. Let your spirit be in us today. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer and write your words upon our hearts. Open our understanding that we may comprehend the scripture that we may obey and apply it in Jesus' name, cause every hindrance to be cast out, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and tear down imaginations and strongholds, destroying them by the anointing, and by your holy name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Again, welcome to the Church of Omaha. We're glad you're here, in Jesus' name. There are many psalms today that are similar. We've seen that up to this point in our study of the psalms. Even some of them repeat phrases verbatim. In fact, however that is true, each psalm is unique. Many of them are around a historical specific event, and we know that because of the inscription or some psalm verse that's within the psalm. Other times we don't know for sure, but we can make an educated guess based upon the events and possibly who the writer may be if we know it. Some are wisdom psalms, some are praise psalms. Some are what's called royal psalms, celebrating the king. Some are lament psalms of crying out to God in need. Some are happy, others are sad. Some are uh, addressing sin, while others are prayers to the Lord. Uh, Some include a, a, a number of these elements within them. Some are what's called individual songs. Some are what's called communal hymns. Some are short, like Psalm 117 is two verses. And some are long, like Psalm 119 with 176 verses. Some are acrostic poems. And others are imprecatory judgments. David, Solomon, Moses, Asaph, Ethan, Heman, the sons of Korah, and many unknown psalmists all participate in writing them over a span of literally thousands of years and at varying times in history. But what makes Psalm 114 unique in its own way is that it is set apart celebrating God's power from verse 1 through the end of it. All of the entire psalm celebrates God. In fact, God is the only focal point in each of its eight verses. We see and we will see through this psalm as we study today that God is for His people, that God dwells in His people, and that God goes before His people. Whoever the psalmist may have been, he employs the use of poetic metaphors and rhetorical questions to illustrate the absolute authority of Almighty God. This poetic masterpiece will teach a brief part of Israel's history and it will be accurate theology beautifully giving God all the glory for His divine deliverance. The message of God's deliverance is amplified in Psalm 114 celebrating their deliverance from Egypt in verse 1 and the entering of the promised land in verse number 3. Before we get into this, by show of hands, how many of you have been delivered from something addiction maybe or 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 a thought that that wasn't there or or your past or whatever amen look at the hands raised god is a deliverer amen can i tell you he still delivers today it doesn't just happen in the pages of the bible it doesn't just happen in the annals of history somewhere it still happens today god still delivers today amen Praise God. The first thing I want to point out to you is that God is for us. Verse 1, When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language. Here we see in this opening verse that God and God alone is the divine deliverer of His people. I've seen historians. I've seen people who've made movies. I've seen even commentators say, God raised up a deliverer in Moses. Well, while He used Moses and used Moses' faith, God and God alone was the deliverer. Praise God. God's people have spent more than 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And the time has come for God to decimate the Egyptians and deliver His chosen people. Praise God. The deliverance from Egypt will begin with what's called Passover. And this is the beginning of a new birth for Israel. In fact, Israel annually celebrates two New Year's. The first one is the annual New Year, like our January 1st, but the other one is their spiritual New Year, which is Passover. Amen. How many of you know the same is true for you? Praise God. If, if you've been born again, you have a, a, a physical birthday, a biological birthday. Mine is February 7th. Hallelujah. That's my biological birthday, but, but I was born again on May 9th. That's my spiritual birthday. Amen. So I'm going to start expecting presents on both. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And so every year they celebrate two anniversaries or two birthdays or two new years. And so we can understand it in that sense that there is our, our annual year. Thank the Lord. You know, we have a new year each time. Hallelujah. But how many of you are thankful that you can look back and say two years ago or five years ago or 20 years ago, amen, God saved me, God healed me, God delivered me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we can celebrate those moments. Hallelujah. So thus, the psalmist, uh, by opening Psalm 114 with the mention of God's divine deliverance uh, from Egypt, has in essence said, happy birthday, Israel, or happy anniversary, as it were. When Israel would hear this psalm, read or sang, or when they would read or sing it themselves, they would rejoice in God's deliverance. And celebrate their spiritual birthday. Hallelujah! Does anybody remember your birthday? I-, I told you mine's May not. anybody remember the day? anybody remember the moment? anybody remember when you went down in that watery grave and come up? L- let me ask you this: but, right, by show of hands, how many got the Holy Ghost first, then got baptized? Is there a few in here like that? You got so like Cornelius in Acts chapter ten, you spoke in tongues first, then were baptized. So the rest of you who are born again, you. We're baptized first, then get the Holy Ghost, right? All right. So let me ask you this. How many of you, it was the same moment you come up out of the water speaking in tongues? Anybody like that? A few of you? Okay. Praise the Lord. So notice how it's all different. Some of us, uh, you know, I got the Holy Ghost on Sunday night, got baptized on Monday. You know, I know some that got baptized and three or four months later got the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and a few of you raised your hand and said, it happened simultaneously. Got baptized, come up out of the water speaking in tongues. Amen. Isn't it beautiful how God works? Isn't it beautiful how it's, it's different for everyone? Amen, did anybody feel like laughing when you got the Holy Ghost? Anybody, a few of you maybe? Anybody feel like crying when you got the Holy Ghost? Amen. You, you see how it's different for everybody? It's not the same. Everybody experiences it a different way. And and the same would have been true for Israel. While deliverance was the same in the sense that they were all being delivered from Egypt and from slavery, it would have felt different to each one of them based upon a a myriad of different uh, uh, emotions and, and how they grew up. Some of them were very young. Think about this. Some were born and died in slavery and that's all they knew. There were some who, who longed for it but never saw it. There were some who, who were just newborn probably and, and were ready for it. And, and there were some who were younger and, and you could have all these different uh, understandings of how people would have viewed it in different ways. It's all the same deliverance like it's all the same Holy Ghost for us. Amen. Praise God. I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen, amen, hallelujah. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead in trespasses and sins, but now I'm alive in Christ forevermore. I was bound, but now I am delivered, amen. God delivered us, the Bible says, from the power of darkness and translated us unto his unshakable kingdom. Hallelujah. And so whatever or however you experienced it, it's beautiful that that when you experience it, what a great moment that is. And and I would highly recommend to everyone here today, online or in person, to to remember that day, to to commemorate that moment and thank God that He saved you and, and, and highlight it. In fact, in my opinion, that birthday is more important than my physical birthday. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because it's that birthday, it's that new birth birthday that will get me to glory. It's that second birth that'll take me up in the first resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. And because of the second birth, uh, I won't have to partake of the second death. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We have redemption through His blood. The Bible says even the forgiveness of sins. I'm so thankful that He took away my sins. Hallelujah. He didn't just roll them ahead. He took them away. And Zechariah tells us in one day. Of course, that's Calvary. We know that. Hebrews, once and for all. We know that. It's it's that one. He didn't have to keep. We don't have to re-crucify him every year on Passover. Once was enough. Once and for all. Hallelujah. By the way, if you're not born again today, July 25th will be a great day. Amen. For you to be born again. Hallelujah. If you've not been baptized, amen, the water's fresh. we got plenty of towels, plenty of robes. Amen. You could be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ today. If you've not spoken in tongues, today can be your day to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, how many of you know we all have different birthdays? You know? Imagine if we were all born on the same day. That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. We have different. Okay, by, by show of hands, anybody born in January? Anybody, any January babies? We got one back there. Okay, February, March, April, May, June. I think we're going to them all July. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, we have a July. Okay, August, September. Uh oh. Ah. <sighs> So we were so close. Anybody online September? <laughs> By faith. October? Anybody October? November? December? Uh oh. Anybody online December? All but two. Jesus. Aha. Jesus. Amen. <laughs> there we go. Hallelujah. Amen. We all have different birthdays. It, we, we understand it in the, in the physical, it's the same in the spiritual. And just as we think about those and commemorate those and thank God for those, I think more we should commemorate our spiritual birth. And again, that's what this first verse is saying. Hey, God delivered you. Happy birthday, Israel. Come on. He brought you out. You were in slavery, but He saved you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The second verse, verse 2, Judah was was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. And, and this is where we see that not only is God for us, but we see here now God dwells in us. See, in the Old Testament, God's sanctuary was the holy of holies. It was set apart for His purpose. Amen. It was His dominion where He exercised His authority. Verse 2 also further points to God setting the Hebrews apart and desiring them to be a kingdom of Priests, His treasured inheritance. Verse 2 also points ahead to the day when God will dwell in us who are born again, making those in the New Testament the temple of the Holy Spirit. So this means then that if you're born again of the water and the Spirit, that you become God's sanctuary. You become God's place of dominion. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost now. Let me tell you what that means. That means you don't have to wait till Sunday, amen, to exercise authority over anything that's going on in your life. You don't have to wait till a special prayer meeting on a Thursday to do so, amen. You carry the Ark of the Covenant within you. You carry the Spirit of God within you everywhere you go. That means you're His sanctuary on your job. That means you're His sanctuary amen in your apartment complex or home that means you are his sanctuary everywhere you go which also means you're the place of his dominion oh hallelujah that means his dominion is everywhere hallelujah oh hallelujah praise god praise god you're set apart for god's purpose hallelujah and through you Everybody say, through me. through me. Not through me as in Myron, through you. Through, say, say, through me, pointing to yourself. <laughs> through me. He exercises authority in the earth today. I mean, consider this part of the prayer that he taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth or on earth. One, one Mark says, I think, or Luke says in, Mark, Matthew says on. On or in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, the authority that reigns in heaven, sovereign and supreme, I want it on earth. How many of you know there's no sickness or disease in heaven? I want it on earth. Hallelujah. That's why when we pray in His name, amen, I believe He activates His authority. That's why, amen, heart disease doesn't have power over God. God has power over heart disease. Mm. On earth, in earth as it is in heaven, I'm the place of His authority and dominion. You're the place of His authority and dominion. And we can lay claim to some things that are in His name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's no debt in heaven. We can speak in Jesus' name that our church is debt free and paid in full. How many of you would like to join me in paying a lot, supporting a lot more missionaries in a mortgage? Amen. Isn't today Mortgage Payoff Sunday? Praise God. Amen. We're believing by faith that God's going to honor our faith in stepping out and adding to our mortgage every month. Well, there's no dead in heaven. I want a little bit of that here on earth. Amen. Hallelujah. God dwells in you. God dwells in me. We are His sanctuary. We are His dominion. I wonder if we could just pause right here and pray prophetically over our city, over our community. Amen. Whatever a suburb or neighborhood you live in. Amen. Can we pray right now in the name of Jesus? Lord, We pray over our community, over our city. Lord, Iowa is represented in this room today. Mississippi is represented in this room today, God. Lord, uh, places all over uh, the, the Omaha Metro are represented, God, in this room today. And we pray in authority. We pray in dominion. We are your place of authority. We are your place of dominion. We are your sanctuary, not just in this building, but everywhere we go. And help us today to walk In that authority to walk in that dominion in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I I, I dare you to walk in authority today. If you're going to go out for lunch, go to that restaurant in authority today. Amen. If you're going to go to the grocery store, the gas station, go to that place in authority and take authority and dominion today. Amen. Amen. We were praying around the Capitol uh, last Friday. There was a group of us went down and prayed around the Capitol, and there was a, a man there that uh, at first it, it appeared he was just trying to talk to uh, some of the group, and, but he began to just get a little weird and started cussing up a storm, and I'd finally had enough, and I just simply stepped up and said, sir, stop, and he was like, okay, I said, I want to help you, but you got to listen. He started talking. I said, nope, stop talking. I just did it that simple. Begin to take authority and take dominion. Listen, it's not hard, folks. It is not hard to operate in what God has given you in authority and dominion. You're You're His place, the seat of that sanctuary. Amen. Just as the Holy of Holies contained the Ark of the Covenant, you now are the temple of the Holy Spirit containing that. Hallelujah. He dwells in you praise god it's not just that we can get the holy ghost and say yay check mark i got the holy ghost yeah it's not there so we can just you know uh, testify on facebook and say "Yo, oh, 14 more got the holy ghost yay it, it's so that we become the temple of the holy spirit and become his place of authority and dominion in the thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth in earth amen that's what God wants hallelujah now listen I believe I want to go to heaven just like the rest of you I I would not be you know one bit offended if it was today I promise you that I I can't wait you know yes there's things I want to do I want to write the rest of these books on Psalms I want to you know uh, visit friends and family I want to do all that but praise God you know what (laughs) If, if it was that or heaven I'm heaven heaven every time However, until that moment, I'm to bring as much of heaven as I can to earth. On earth as it is in heaven, I'm the only one that can begin to affect a difference in my community. We talk about changing the world, and yes, in in, in a great sense, we are world changers, but it doesn't start by somehow getting a platform that speaks to all eight billion people in the world. It starts with your neighbor, it starts with your coworker, it starts with your family member, amen. And as we take authority and dominion in those places, little by little by little by little, I remember one year, Sister Ann Wilkins, my all-time lifelong favorite teacher ever, from Bible college and beyond, amen, just love her spirit. She, she had a dream that God showed her, and she saw the world just blackened by, by the darkness of sin and, 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 and immorality and all this, and all of a sudden a little light here and a little light there and another one here, and they just begin to pop like, like, like somebody was turning lights on or lighting matches, and, and, and as the more of them became stronger and just begin to spread across the land, suddenly instead of darkness it was light. Well, that's exactly what we do. Yes, there's darkness in our world. Yes, there's sin running rampant. But how many of you know where sin abounds? Grace doth much more abound. How many of you know that God is light? Amen. And in Him is life and the light of men. How many of you know that the, the darkness cannot comprehend it? That means has not and will not overcome it. And not only is he the light, but he then says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Amen. God dwells in us. It's not just so that we can post and say, hey, I got the Holy Ghost. God dwells in me. It's so that the world can see him, his authority and dominion. All right. The, The last part of the psalm, God goes before us. Verses 3 through 8. Amen. We see here in these verses uh, how the, the, the Jordan was driven back and the mountains and the hills and all this just skipped away and moved. The earth trembled at the presence of God. He turned rocks into standing water and the flint into fountains of waters. We're seeing here how the Red Sea, the Jordan River, the mountains and hills, all of this happened And it's encompassed in verse 7. Tremble thou, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Can I tell you when God speaks, creation obeys. It looked like it might rain a little bit outside, and if it does, it's because God said to. If it doesn't, it's because God said don't. Creation obeys its master. Listen to that portion from the New Living. The Red Sea saw them coming and hurried out of their way. The water of the Jordan turned away. The mountains skipped like rams and the hills like lambs. What's wrong, Red Sea, that made you hurry out of their way? What happened, Jordan River, that you turned away? Why mountains did you skip like rams? Why hills like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. He turned the rock into a pool of water. Yes, a spring of water flowed from solid rock." Wow. That's pretty awesome. But that's the power of God's Word. I mean, it starts in Genesis with His word, and God said, and every time God said what He said to do, happened. Let there be light; there was light. You know, let the birds of the air fly; <laughs> they started flying. Because when God speaks, something happens. In fact, Psalm one hundred seven twenty five tells us that God commands the stormy wind and the waves to blow and flow, and guess what happens? They obey Him. In Psalm 148, verse 8, it also says that fire, hail, snow, and the stormy wind all fulfill His Word. So, if there's a storm in your life, oh, somebody hear this in the Holy Ghost, it's because the Word of God has spoken it. But equally in Mark four thirty-nine, when He rebukes the wind and the waves, what happens? Peace be still. Boom. They cease. By the way, there's another miracle in that in that account that we sometimes don't see they're in the middle of the sea with the wind and the waves beating boisterously against them and he says peace be still and it says immediately they were at the other side so not only did the storm stop but they immediately got to where they were going instantly the the sea of Galilee is seven by eleven miles it's it's a big body of water wow So watch this. God commands a storm to come, it comes. God commands a storm to stop, it stops. Because God's Word is all-powerful. It's why I'm not up here preaching today from Sports Illustrated or Reader's Digest or, you know, Paul Harvey's, you know, whatever, you know, right? Preaching from the Word of God because it's all-powerful. In fact, Isaiah says it's like rain and snow. That comes down to the earth and it causes it to to bring forth and bud. It gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And then it says, it shall not return to him void, but shall accomplish the thing he sent it to do. It shall prosper in the thing he has sent it to do. That's the power of God's word. Sometimes it's like rain and you see an instant, uh, immediate effect of the rain. You can smell the rain, you can see the grass looks greener, the flowers look brighter, but snow is, is a longer process. It snows and you don't see its effect until spring. But either way, whether it's an immediate process or it takes a season, oh, somebody needs to hear the Holy Ghost today. God is talking to some people today and saying, my word is still all powerful. If you're in a snow season and it hasn't happened yet, don't worry. That snow, that, that, its, its nutrients are fi- uh, coming into the ground and you're going to have a spring that's going to be vibrant and beautiful. If it's raining, don't curse the rain. Amen. Rain only falls. Amen. Because God says to. And if you've got some seed in the ground, that rain's going to come and germinate it. And you're going to see a miracle. Yes, yes. Right. That's the power of His Word. Yes, sir. When the Red Sea saw God's people coming, it wasn't just because Moses raised the staff. If Moses had anything to do with it, it was because he obeyed what God said to do. It weren't Moses and it weren't a staff. It was the fact that God had a miracle provided. Because if just as equally, oh man, just as equally as he caused a a wind to blow and part that water, we, we miss sometimes some of the other miracles that are in that story. He brings them to this place. It's a gorge. It's called Pi-Hahiroth. There's mountains on either side. It's a a narrow entrance, and it opens up to a nice wide beach. But but subsequently, they're trapped. You've got this insurmountable Red Sea, mountains behind you, this little passageway, and, and here comes Pharaoh, and he is blocking that passageway. He's got the advantage strategically. But the pillar of fire, God sends it, to stand between Israel and Pharaoh. So watch this. God is not only for you. God not only dwells in you. God stands between you and your enemy. And then he causes a wind to blow to part the sea so you can cross on dry land. And when he lifts that barrier, he allows them to come in only to drown them. You, do you think God has stopped protecting his people? Do you think that somehow God has forgotten who he is? No, I don't believe it. Hallelujah. But the same thing happens at the Jordan River. It's in the rainy season. It's overflowed its banks. That means it's, it's rushing. That means it's, it's dangerous. If, if you ever see a river overflow its banks, please don't be crazy enough to go into it. It'll sweep you under. Except in this time, God says to the, Joshua says, have the priest step in. If I'm the priest on the front, I'm like, Are you sure you heard from God, Joshua? Would you mind going back and getting a second opinion, please? You know, pray again, would you mind? (laughs) Jordan River, okay. You ready? On three. One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. You first, man. (laughs) Right? They stepped in, got a little bit wet. And, and, and just, this is my opinion, I, I think once they, it's four of them, once they got in, whew, God parted some waters. It's a rainy season. It's a flooding season. I don't know how he did it. I just know he did it. And this psalm is celebrating his deliverance and celebrating his power. And the psalmist is reminding them, hey, not only did he bring you out of Egypt, but after you doubted him and spent 40 years going in circles, he then brought you into the promised land. And he caused that river to stop. Mm. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, amen, verse uh, 29, it says, or actually, let's skip to 30. He says, the Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in the Egypt before your eyes. Dropping down to verse 32, yet in this thing, they did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you. Now, this is a negative example. He's saying you didn't believe God, even though he went before you to do this. Well, what we can learn from this negative example is, is not to make their same mistake and when God does something for us to believe it, even if 10 spies are bringing an evil report. Listen, the majority is not always right. Two spies tried to stop them. That was the vast minority of those 12. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, what's right is not always what's popular. But equally, what's popular is not always what's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, Listen to this. God will not lead you where He has not already provided a way for you. Do you believe that today? Thank you, Jesus. That means if you're being led through a wilderness experience, if you're being led through a a stormy experience... God has already gone before you. By the way, in that storm, or at least one of them, anyways, when they thought that, you know, uh, they they were going to die and Jesus didn't care, and you know what he was doing? Sleeping. In a storm, he was letting the waves rock into sleep. Maybe we should too. If our master is asleep, why should we be worried? Right? Right? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to find me a pillow and take a nap as well. See you when the storm's over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The application for the New Testament believer of Psalm 114 would probably be Romans 8. Turn with me there if you're following along or watch on the screen. Romans 8:31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And a part of what that means is, if God has saved you, who can unsave you? If God has delivered you, who can undeliver you? If God has blessed you, who can unbless you? You fill in the blank. If God has done X for you, who can undo X for you? That's what it's saying here. Amen. In verse 35, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? These are all rhetorical questions. The answer is, none of them can. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? That is As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, in all these things, in the storms, in the struggles, in the wilderness, in the tribulation, in the problems, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And then I love what Paul does here uh, uh, in verse uh, 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels or principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This kind of goes along with what Jesus said one day that those that are in His hands no man can snatch out. If you're in the hands of God, even if it's in the middle of a fiery furnace, nothing can take you out. Praise God. What the enemy brings against you to destroy you only serves to make you stronger. Let me read verse 37 again. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Let me say my quote again. What the enemy brings against you to destroy you only serves to make you stronger. Why? Because God is for me, God dwells in me, and God goes before me. Amen? In addition to the tribulation and the persecution spoken of here in Romans 8, and of God's deliverance from these things, sometimes, He brings people out of these situations. Sometimes He allows them to ultimately be delivered unto death. But either way, His ultimate purpose is fulfilled. Amen? Hallelujah. God delights in delivering His people. It's one of the reasons that TCOO is a spirit-filled church where everyone can be transformed by the hope and healing promised through Jesus Christ. And by the way, when God delivers... His timing is always perfect. He opens doors no man can close. He closes doors no man can open. He dwells in us. He goes with us. He goes before us. And by the way, the Bible says in Isaiah, His glory is our rear guard. You talk about complete protection and deliverance. Wow. I want to tell you today that no enemy is too powerful. No obstacle is too insurmountable and no addiction is too strong. No sin is too powerful. God can deliver from the deepest, darkest pit of sin and bring you out every time. And if you've been delivered, I want you to stand to your feet and clap your hands and thank the Lord. If you want to be delivered, I want you to stand to your feet and clap your hands. If you know God can deliver, I want you to declare His deliverance today in this sanctuary. Low Praise God. We can boldly approach the throne of grace today. The rest of that verse says, "And find help in the time of need." Does anybody need something from God today? Then to boldly approach the throne of grace. When we come back in second half, boldly approach that throne of grace. Don't wait for somebody else to be the first one to jump. Don't wait for somebody else to be the first one to bow. Amen. You start it off. You kick it off boldly before the throne of grace and see what God won't do for you today. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you at the beginning of second half. In Jesus' name.